You're listening to Iran's Weekly Wire. I'm Roland Elliott Brown. The United States is home to about 470,000 people of Iranian descent. That's the largest number of Iranians anywhere outside Iran. But despite the size of the community, hostile relations between Iran and the U.S. often make Iranian Americans uneasy. This is especially true during U.S. presidential elections. Iran is always a major topic in foreign policy debates, and every candidate has to have an opinion about Iran, whether they know the country or not. That's why this year, in anticipation of 2016 elections, 37 prominent Iranian Americans have signed an open letter to U.S. presidential candidates. The letter was organized by the Public Affairs Alliance of Iranian Americans, or PIA. It's been signed by some famous people. They include Farooz Nadari, a NASA director, and Jimmy Delshad, the former mayor of Beverly Hills. In the politest terms, they're asking candidates to avoid broad generalizations about Iranians. They're also asking them to recognize the contributions of Iranian Americans, as well as the goodwill Iranians often express toward the U.S. Here's Leila Austin, one of the organizers of the letter. She expects Iran to be a big debating point in the run-up to 2016. In light of the fact that the nuclear negotiations are becoming a central foreign policy issue for the 2016 presidential elections, we believe that regardless of the differences that candidates might have with the government of Iran, they should refrain from making broad prejudice generalizations about the entire Iranian people. So I think depending on which way the wind blows, you know, in terms of what's happening in Iran, you have different candidates on either side of the political spectrum using the issues for political gain. And we just want to make sure that the, the political goals are distinguished from the offensive uh, remarks that, that can also, you know, be included in them. She already has an example in mind. Back in May, Republican candidate Lindsey Graham addressed the Southern Republican Leadership Conference. He made an arcane comment about how his upbringing qualifies him to understand nuclear negotiations. He said, My family owned a restaurant, a pool room, and a liquor store. And everything I know about the Iranians, I learned at the pool room. I ran the pool room when I was a kid, and I met a lot of liars. And I know the Iranians are lying. Now, anyone who can figure out what Graham was talking about probably deserves a prize. He could be referring to the Iranian government's negotiating style, or he might be voicing a personal prejudice. In any case, some Iranians felt he was insulting them. One Iranian-American advocacy group, the National Iranian-American Council, accused Graham of saying all Iranians are liars. They called his statement racist. They posted a petition on their website calling for Graham to apologize. So far, almost 4,000 people have signed. Paya's letter was much milder. It also took its impetus from Graham's statement but it allowed for the possibility that Graham had been misinterpreted. One prominent Iranian-American who signed Paya's letter was Alex Vitanka of the Middle East Institute. For him, Graham's statement had a personal side. The one that I felt most strongly about is uh, what we heard from Senator Graham from South Carolina and this idea that you know there is something in the Iranian DNA and you simply cannot... Uh, trust them as a people. I, I find that, you know, to be very troubling. Um, as a as a father, I can assure you, I don't raise my children 
who are also Iranian Americans and have other ethnic um, heritage. I don't raise them to be liars, and I know it's not in their DNA, and I resent it when someone puts that kind of a inaccurate description forward. I don't necessarily disagree with the political objections that Senator Graham has about what the White House has done on the nuclear issue, but I object when he goes out and, and sort of confuses the uh, Iranian regime with everything that the Iranian people stand for. Ali Reza Nader, another prominent policy analyst, also signed the letter. I asked him what he thought of Graham's statement. I don't take everything everybody said too seriously. I don't necessarily see it as being insulting. I think it's just that it can be interpreted in that way. Some people you casually use the term Iranian. I, they probably mean the Iranian government, but because Iran is a non-democratic country, I think you have to make those distinctions. I think um, Iranian Americans should be more confident in educating the public about Iran as a country and not just looking at it as a nuclear program. But that is pretty much how candidates have talked about Iran during past elections. Just think back to 2008. John McCain made a remarkably lousy joke. He parodied a Beach Boys song muttering, Bomb, 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 Iran. Hillary Clinton told Good Morning America that the U.S. had the power to, quote, totally obliterate Iran with nuclear weapons. Most Americans might dismiss these comments as black humor or saber-rattling, but it's much harder for Iranian-Americans to see it that way. Here's comedian Maz Jobrani. He signed Paya's letter. Well, it's a little bit of a letdown when you hear uh, someone who's made it all the way to the point of running for the president speaking in terms like that. You know, I, I would hope that a president or a presidential candidate would be educated, would be more diplomatic, um, would know not to say things that are um, inflammatory in a way. So, yeah, when McCain sings the, the Beach Boys song, I understand he's trying to be funny, but, uh, hey, we're coming off the heels of bombing Iraq and Afghanistan, so for you to sing bomb, bomb, bomb Iran, it's a little, uh, um, like I said, it's a little disappointing. You realize that either they have their own agendas and they have their own base they want to please, or they really are just human beings and they say stupid stuff sometimes. And here's Farshad Farahat. He played one of the bad guys in the movie Argo. He also signed the letter. So very dangerous comments you hear. These comments, honestly, if I take the emotional part of it, of course I don't like to hear it as an Iranian. It makes me feel very sad, very dangerous very scared for my family. I lived in Iran during the Iran-Iraq war, and most of those bombs that fell on our heads in Tehran were made in the U.S. and guided by the U.S. with Saddam Hussein. So these are not empty threats for us. These are real. But just because people feel close to their country of origin, it doesn't mean they sympathize with that country's government. For many Iranian Americans, that's a distinction their leaders should make more often. Here's Maz Jobrani. I know that Lindsey Graham, when you when you when you hear the statement or you read the statement, you see that he that he's trying to um, he's trying to say that in the negotiations he doesn't trust the Iranian government. Basically, but he says the Iranians, and I think that the problem is the takeaway is that a lot of people don't separate the people from the government, and I think that that's just been an ongoing mistake that that we've seen often from politicians in America. So I think it's smart to remind them, hey guys, if you're going to 
criticize the regime, then criticize the regime, but make sure you, you carve that out. And here's Alex Vitanka again. As an Iranian-American, I uh, wanted to separate the issue of U.S. negotiations with the uh, Iranian regime uh, and separate that from, obviously, the Iranian people. Iran being a country of almost 80 million people, uh, rich in so many ways, uh, but politically very complicated case. I wanted to separate the, the nation of Iran from the Islamic Republic as the political system it is. In that sense, we as a community need to speak up. Uh, we are obviously American citizens. We're loyal to America first, and uh, we don't want to be unnecessarily uh, labeled because of the actions of a regime 8,000 miles away. And by the way, a regime whose behavior is oftentimes the, the very reason why there is such a large Iranian-American community today in this country, because they all fled from the Islamic Republic of Iran over the course of the last 36 years. One criticism U.S. conservatives make of the Obama administration's nuclear dealings is that they legitimize Iran's rulers. Jeb Bush made this point in a recent op-ed called Don't Trust Iran. And it's not hard to see his point. While Obama has never said anything to outrage Iranian-Americans, he has addressed the Iranian people and the Iranian government together in his yearly Nowruz messages. While Obama would never conflate the Iranian government with Iranian-Americans, he does need the Islamic Republic to represent Iran for the sake of a deal. Even so, many Iranian-Americans hope that this new era of dialogue with the Islamic Republic will bring a chance to change Iran. They hope it will make Iran a more open society. And expressing hopes like that in the public sphere is relatively new for them. Ever since the 1979 revolution in Iran, Iranian-Americans have tended to shy away from politics. The American public has traumatic memories of Iran taking Americans hostage, both at the U.S. Embassy in 1979 and in Lebanon in the 1980s. Sometimes, awareness of those crimes has caused Iranians in the U.S. to keep a low profile. Here's Alex Vitanka. Iranians tend to be very cautious. They are very cautious in terms of picking their fights. They'd rather not be on anyone's radars. I mean, that's, that's partly cultural, but also part, partly an experience of your average Iranians in diaspora since 1979. Keep your head low and hope you don't get noticed and live your life. Well, that's fine, but to an extent. At some point, you've got to speak up for the sake of the next generation. I mean, these labels are easily put on you, but it takes time for them to um, be removed again. But big changes are happening in the Iranian-American community. Layla Austin has seen them. I think that that um, switch happened with Iranian-Americans also becoming interested in what's happening in their homeland more since the 2009 reform movement in Iran. So since then, we've seen sort of a gradual shift in Iranian-Americans becoming more interested in um, both U.S.-Iran relations and the fate of their country. And, and of course, now the, the nuclear negotiations are really the first um, diplomatic, big diplomatic uh, event uh, that, might, that might make that a possibility. Whatever comes of the nuclear negotiations, or of U.S.-Iran relations more broadly, this letter marks an important moment in the story of the Iranian-American community. It shows that by negotiating with Iran, 
the U.S. has helped Iranians inside the U.S. find a bigger political voice. So I asked Maz Jobrani how he thinks U.S. presidential candidates will receive this letter ahead of 2016. Well, they realize that there is a, a strong Iranian immigrant community in America. I know that, that we have a lot of successful Iranian Americans. I know that we have a lot of wealthy Iranian Americans. And that's the beauty of America, is to be counted for people to know that they can't just push you around or, or ignore you. And I think it's great that Iranian Americans are organizing. And I think, and I think that it just takes time for any immigrant community to organize in America. Letters like this, I think, make a difference. I think it makes people think twice uh, before they just go and poo-poo on a whole uh, country and a whole people. So it's a good thing. That's all from Iran's Weekly Wire. If you want to find out more about this story, join us on Twitter or Facebook or visit iranwire.com. 